Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And Nitro's Garage, for all your automotive needs, call 646-675-2349. That's 646-675-2349. For all your automotive needs, Nitro's Garage, ask for Jack. Hi, it's Josh from Under the Table Hot Sauce. I'm here with my friend, the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. What's up, JB? Nah, nothing been a hot summer and for all your barbecue needs you can go to underthetablehotsauce.com 13 unique flavors to choose from created and bottled in a long island kitchen underthetablehotsauce.com let's go chow jb let's do it all the flavor twice the burn elm logistics for all your logistic needs call 631 299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics. Pride, performance, and partnerships. It's your buddy, Mike Messier. I'm here with another AEW Apologist report. I think it's, God, are we up to 26 at this point? Uh, I mean, I just it's hard to keep track. Uh, so let's talk about some things. Now, you might be expecting, well, gee whiz, Mike's going to hit us with his um, revolution analysis, or he's going to hit us with the, the Jeff Hardy discussion. Jeff Hardy's coming into AEW. I can talk about that in a minute, and I will, <clears throat> because it's a nice segue that this special AEW apologist report is going to be an open discussion towards the new AEW talents, specifically the ones that are coming in 
uh, from up north, from the dreaded WWE, okay? And this is something that I, I don't feel that I should have to be the one to educate the, the actual wrestlers, the talent, especially the WWE refugees who are seeking solace uh, at Pro Wrestling's Ellis Island of AEW. But since no one else seems to be getting the fucking message across, I guess it's on my lap to educate the wrestlers now. Not only do I have to educate the fans, I have to educate the actual wrestlers. So here goes. Jeff Hardy, yes, did make his AEW debut uh, last Wednesday night. Um, he basically did a run-in to save his brother, Matt Hardy. And as our good friends uh, Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez debated, Jeff Hardy comes out to the ring. He's got that old Hardy Boys music because apparently Tony Khan has purchased the library of that stock music. So he's got his customary WWE uh, do-do-do-do music. He comes out. Uh, Matt Hardy, his brother, is getting um, beat up by Private Party and the Butcher and the Blade and so forth. Andre Idolo are all beating up good old Matt Hardy. So here comes uh, Jeff Hardy to make the save. Now, rather than just dart to the ring like a normal human being would do if your brother's getting viciously attacked, you just dart right to the ring from the back. Instead, he comes out, his music's playing, and he does a little dance. He does a little shimmy shake, does a little Jeff Hardy 1999, you know, routine, okay? I mean, if he was in the NFL, that would have been banned by now, okay? This ceremony. So the question is, why would a guy who's supposedly trying to save his brother from a beating waste valuable time to dance, you know, in logical terms, that makes no sense. You know, your brother's getting his ass beat. You're there to save him. Wouldn't you rush to the ring as soon as possible? Or would you stop? Do you mind I'm doing this goddamn promo? Would he, would he go to the fucking sound guy with his audio cassette or his CD or his fucking thumb drive and say, oh, brother, play my music. Um, and then when the music comes out, he comes out and does a little shimmy shake. So this is one of those pro wrestling tropes however it's not really a pro wrestling trope as much it is a wwe trope you know wwe trains their wrestlers in a certain way and i'm sure jeff and all the other wrestlers in wwe and nxt were trained like obedient dogs that when they go in for a run-in they have to do their typical entrance ceremony and if that is some type of pose or some type of of dance or shimmy shake you know, take valuable time and do that because that's what the audience wants uh, in that edu that WWE type of mindset. So when Jeff Hardy came out on AEW and he fell into that lazy habit of doing that dance, um, you don't need to do that here, Jeff, okay? Uh, leave the idiot wrestling for the idiot company. When you come to AEW, the fans expect better, okay? We don't expect uh, idiot wrestling, okay? So learn from your error and try to, you know, stick to the straight and narrow, so to speak. I saw Sting was probably having some flashbacks to TNA days, uh, seeing you in the ring with him, Jeff. And everyone's hoping and praying that this time is different. But uh, you should be thankful you have a fucking job in AEW. And you should mind your goddamn P's and Q's. And uh, stick to the straight and fucking narrow. 
And if you need uh, help, there's always Uber and there's always Lyft. You don't need to be like the Usos back there in the WWE risking people's safety by driving uh, improperly, okay? So get Uber and Lyft uh, put into your goddamn phone and learn how to call for help if you need it. If you need it, just speculating if. I'm not saying anything out of turn. I don't want to get sued. But the man has a history that we're all aware of. So I'm just fucking saying that he should uh, see this as perhaps his final chance to salvage a bit of his reputation now that he's on uh, our, our payroll here in AEW. Uh, further fucking more, let's talk about the goddamn shock face. Now, I first saw this, I want to say it was the Ruby Riot. I think it was Chris Statlander semifinal match for the AEW Women's Title Tournament, either... I think that was in uh, December, October or December. I get my mind confused sometimes. But basically, uh, they had this semifinal match, Statlander versus Riot, I believe. And uh, from my recollection, and I thought about this at the time, but, uh, you know, Ruby Soho, Rudy Soho, seems like a nice enough lady. I didn't want to publicly embarrass her. But now I guess I'm going to have to because this has to be stopped as well. Uh, Ruby Riot goes for a pin on Chris Statlander, and, and Chris Statlander kicks out of like the two and a half, and Ruby does the <gasps> the shock face. You know the WWE wrestlers do this a lot, especially when you start getting into title matches. That if somebody kicks out of a finisher, which of course they always fucking do, the person who just got uh, kicked out on has to uh, sell the kick out like. <gasps> Like, they're so goddamn shocked and in awe. I mean, I saw fucking Charlotte Flair do one, which was ridiculous at one point. But it's a very WWE thing for, like, maybe the last six or seven years, the shock face. And maybe less, maybe four or five. But the shock face is must be something they're teaching these poor wrestlers uh, when they get their puppet strings in Orlando. Uh, because it's really quite pathetic and sad. Like, the, the oh! It's like, yes, asshole, you're in a goddamn wrestling match, which you've been in for many years, you've been in wrestling matches, and you did your finisher, and in this day and fucking age, nobody gets pinned from just one finisher, so of course the motherfucker you're wrestling is going to kick out. You should be expecting that. And you should just resume the match, okay, and plot your next move, and not... It's just so goddamn formulaic that they've been programmed like the meat puppets they are, to do the shock face and and uh, someone has to fucking, oh, they're going to do a close-up on me for the shock face. Well, Ruby did the fucking shot face with Statlander. First time I remember seeing the shock face pollute the waters of AEW, the pristine waters. And most recently, I saw none other than Tony Nese, who was kind of one of these uh, AEW sign, signages, signees, that's kind of gone under the radar. Another one of these guys that's a great wrestler, but he's not known for his mic skills. He doesn't even have a really good name, to be honest with you. And uh, no offense, it's just not a very charismatic name. Tony Nice does nothing for me. Uh, doesn't give you any sense of, of anything. And uh, he's just kind of a guy that's been doing a lot of darks and elevations and whatever the fucks. And here he is uh, putting over Shane Strickland and his 
AEW debut, which is a fine, it was a decent match. I'm sure a lot of people liked it because of the high spots and so forth. It wasn't my favorite. It was okay. Uh, but at one point, he did a fantastic maneuver. Tony Nese is a great athlete, and, you know, Strickland's pretty good, too. But Tony Nese does a nice maneuver, like a high-flying assault move onto the prone Shane Strickland, and gets a two-and-a-half, and he does the fucking shock face. And leave your goddamn WWE uh, circus tricks at home. You know, when you come over to AEW, we don't need the fucking shock face. Uh, we don't need dancing during uh, run-ins. Those are idiot wrestler habits. And those idiot wrestler habits stay in idiot country, okay? They don't come down to AEW. Uh, what, what's next? Uh, Revolution, I did a post-pay-per-view analysis. You can watch that on Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. Thank you very much. But overall, I'll be honest, it was a good show. A lot of people love the show. For whatever reason, it didn't strike me as hard as, as being as good as the prior two pay-per-views, especially the one from Chicago where uh, Brian Danielson and, and uh, Adam Cole and everybody made their debuts. So this one was a good pay-per-view in my book. I don't think I liked it as much as others. But there could be a thing of law of diminishing returns for me. Maybe I was having an off night as a fan. There were no title changes. Uh, this Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa thing. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to go into that a little bit. They're setting up for this cage match. You've got to assume that Thunder's going to win the title in that cage match coming up. Otherwise, you know, she's really getting buried here. Uh, Thunder had a very clunky match. I guess I'll give it the... the fucking botch of the week match thunder rosa versus um layla hirsch legit layla hirsch who does nothing for me by the way uh but just i was discussing this recently when these wrestlers you can tell that they've choreographed all their spots in the locker room and when their spots in the ring don't go right you can see like a wrestler pausing and waiting for the other wrestler to do their move it's just not natural looking. It's not fluid. It's just like like bad choreography on women's ice skating or some such god-awful thing. So these wrestlers need to learn how to call matches in the ring and not be so reliant on all the goddamn spots that they work down the fucking dressing room. It's just laziness, and we're trying to get away from the laziness in, in pro wrestling here. Um, kind of like that hand, the Drew McIntyre hand spot in that fucking hell in a cell, just laziness, and we don't appreciate that in AEW, okay, so what the fuck else, um, Shane Strickland, Jeff Hardy, all these fucks, I mean, what are we gonna do with them, I mean, you know, we've, we've got this whole ROH thing that we own now, and it's like, where, are we gonna put some of these assholes over there, but the, the reality is, uh, and I agree with this statement, concentrate on one promotion at a time. I don't really know if there's a rabid enough fan base right now for new wrestling where you need a fucking, uh, fucking ring of honor up and running. I mean, if they were so good, why wouldn't they be in business, uh, before this, you know, like why would they have to have a change of ownership and, and go off the grid for a while if they were so fucking great? And the, the answer is, it's more, to me, the ROH purchase should be considered, but I'm not the one who bought it, not my problem, but it should be considered more for the tape value, whatever 
amount of tapes that Khan got, he should be thankful for that and concentrate on that, not feel that he has to give all these half-ass wrestlers a fucking job. I mean, this is the Joey Ryan promotion we're talking about anyway, okay? The promotion that gave you Joey Ryan on TV for months and months. Wrestlers Court, horrible. The company that put Tessa Blanchard with a fucking title, a men's title around her waist. People say that AEW buried Brian Cage. Well, in my opinion, Brian Cage buried himself by getting beaten by Tessa Blanchard years ago in Impact. And then you get guys like Sammy Callahan taking baseball bats to the cranium of Eddie Edwards in a god-awful spot. I don't appreciate that either, okay? So, any fucking way. Uh, what else? Uh, Wardlow is now full-fledged babyface. On Dynamite, he cut his welcome to the babyface side of the team promo, uh, leaving a little bit open for, obviously... Uh, when Wardlow is about to win the TNT title from the new champion, um, Scorpio Sky, MJF will come out, cause a distraction, maybe punch Wardlow upside the head with that ring, and uh, Scorpio Sky will retain the title, the TNT title, and pin Wardlow, which will be the first blemish on Wardlow's uh, back, or his one loss, and that's what I predict for that. Uh, the Paige Van Zandt, I mean, very attractive woman. I mean, she, she looks like she'd be uh, good for certain things. and uh, But here she is uh, feuding now. I guess Brandy has left. And so she Paige here is left to do business with other people. Uh, Ty Conti and Sammy Callahan have become uh, Twitter fucks. They've become very obnoxious with their love crap. Uh, you know, she's a very pretty woman. But it seems to me like... She's, I don't know if she, I don't know. I mean, I could say some things, but they would be considered as, as horrible. And I, I mean, she's a pretty woman and I think she enjoys being a wrestler and all that. But I mean, we don't need to hear the intimate details of your sex lives, kids. Keep it to yourselves. I, I know it's the era of exhibitionism and everybody who's fucking someone has to tweet with a hashtag. I just fuck this person every day, but it's classless in my fucking book. And, uh, you know, you're not Kim Kardashian, Tay Conti. You're a goddamn woman's wrestler. So uh, be happy you have a fucking job. And uh, do things honorably. So that's all I fucking ask from everybody is to, to, to wrestle uh, with integrity and, and to do things the right way. Over on the other side of the fence, <clears throat> I mean, speaking of god-awful WWE things, this butch, I mean, that's caused quite a little uproar people are upset that they're Pete Dunn the bruiserweight 175 pounds if that of of cruiserweight mayhem uh and bending people's fingers and so forth he is now to be called Butch I mean it's just and there's nothing wrong with the name Butch by the way okay I mean, great character from Pulp Fiction was named Butch, played by Bruce Willis. But, I mean, this Butch thing with the little hat and the little, you know, shirt, the tank top and the pants looking like he's a 1940s paperboy. It's really demeaning uh, to the talent and to the fans that are sitting there on a Friday night watching this stuff. And you've invested a couple of years of your lives into watching Pete Dunne wrestle as Pete Dunne, now you see Butch. Does that not make you feel like an idiot? 
does that not make you feel like an asshole that you're spending your Friday night uh, watching Butch wrestle? And then, of course, in the middle of the goddamn match uh, that Butch is at ringside for, guess what happens? Uh, someone gets severely injured. Big E, uh, Big E Langston or Big E from the, the New Day, great wrestler that everyone seems to love. This Ridge Holland fellow who's got a horrible ring name, Ridge. I'm supposed to call you Ridge. I mean, that's the stupid wallet thing, the Ridge wallet that's horrible. So this guy's name is Ridge Holland. Uh, he goes in there and uh, what happens? Uh, Ridge Holland gives him a suplex, gives Biggie a suplex, and the poor guy lands on his neck the wrong way because uh, he was probably thrown the wrong way. And furthermore, stupid move to do in the first place. Uh, like an overhead belly. I mean, they said it was a belly-to-belly -belly suplex, but it, I, I don't know what the fuck they were trying to do. Like, um, like a, a reverse German suplex or something. Just horribly designed spot. Uh, these are big guys we're talking about. I mean, I don't know their exact weights, but, but Big E looks to be about 300 pounds, 275, 265. Big guy. Uh... And he's athletic and everything, but he can only do so much. If this Ridge Holland doesn't have the muscle dexterity to throw the guy, uh, then please don't do this maneuver. And to me, it's uh, reckless behavior, okay? And I'm sure all the assholes will say, oh, it was an accident, it was an accident. But uh, I'm not the biggest Ridge Holland expert, but apparently he's uh, had a few other of these mishaps. So you're playing with people's lives here, their quality of life. Uh, luckily, the word is that Big E has, uh, he actually said it himself, a couple of bruised uh, C4s or whatever the fuck's back there in the neck. But luckily, he hasn't lost uh, no spine damage and uh, his neck doesn't even require surgery. So he got lucky, you know. And, uh, but I mean, you talk about pro wrestling. I was watching some old school wrestling. You know, I guess old school is now the 90s. And it's like I'm watching. Uh, Darren Drozdev come out and, and wrestle a match. And it's like, this is sad now because we know what happened to him. So anyway, folks, I'm not trying to weigh you down. I'm just sharing these opinions. All these, all these fucks have to be around me. You know what I mean? I just want some peace and solace in this goddamn world. And these people have to be around me. Okay? So any goddamn way, that's your AEW. Uh, is there anything else I can bitch about? The NWA Crockett Cup is coming up for the wrestling fans that are interested. I get no residual, but the NWA Crockett Cup will be on uh, Fight TV if you want to do that. Um, oh, God, what else? WrestleMania, this Pat McAfee thing, uh, it probably is more interesting to others than it is to me. To me, it's just another silly match. Um, I guess Meltzer and Associates were all wrong that it's not fucking Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee at WrestleMania. So all the internet pundits who released that information, I don't know if they publicly apologized. Uh, I never reported that as being fact. I just said it's something I heard. But, you know, these assholes never never apologize. They just say change, things changed, plans changed. Uh, Cody Rhodes, we're out, though. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, at the end of the day, it's only Cody Rhodes, to be honest with you. If he comes back to AEW or if he goes to fucking WWE, um, it's kind of like, how are you going to package this guy? You know, how can WWE market Cody Rhodes as a big deal without acknowledging why he's a big deal? And the reason 
he would be a big deal is because he went to he went and helped create AEW and he went to Japan and he went to Ring of Honor and he went to Impact. So I'm not I, I think it's kind of a weird booking thing for Cody if they had if WWE had something in mind. Apparently, uh, some speculation he'll be here in Jacksonville on fucking Monday for Raw. If that happens, that happens and so forth. But uh, uh, the speculated match, and it's only speculation, is Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Would that be a good match? Sure. To be honest with you, Seth Rollins is probably a better wrestler than Cody. You know, I mean, as far as in-ring WWE style, is Seth willing to do the type of shit that Cody does with the ladders and the fire? Probably not, but, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, it is what it fucking is. So, wrestling fucks, fans, everyone, um, have a good week. Try not to take this shit uh, too seriously. I know I do at times. I get very angry. This whole Vader and WWE Hall of Fame, I've been angry. People don't always understand where my anger comes from. But I just, I've experienced wrestling the way it should be. And now that it's not the way that it should be, it disappoints me. So, I make my statements and I try to... uh, I try to rectify the goddamn sport and I try to fix it, but there's only so much I can do. Uh, What you can do is you can share these videos. You can cross-promote these videos in your own wrestling groups and get the word out. Uh, But if you don't, you don't. I mean, I can't control your goddamn behavior. You do whatever the fuck you want in this goddamn world. So that's it. Subscribe to Mike Massey, YouTube channel, Monty and the Pharaoh. (sighs) I saw that the gentleman from... Boston area, I don't, I don't want to say his name incorrectly, but, but I believe Dan uh, passed away up there from the talk shows uh, with Tony Atlas and John Cena Sr., and very sad to see that. Uh, whenever someone from the wrestling world passes, it's a sad thing, so uh, wrestle in peace, so to speak. Uh, the Jesse Ventura interview will be coming up on Mind the Pharaoh that everyone's excited about, and so on and so forth. So that's it. Subscribe to Mike Messier YouTube channel. Goodbye.